wondering how to fall completely in love with the people and things that surround you at home? I've spent the last 15 years studying how and where families thrive and what relational and house characteristics ignite us with that homey feeling. On this podcast, we uncover how our brains process the people we live with and the houses we live in so we can confidently create our homes to be wonder-filled connection magnets. Ready to give up the decision fatigue, comparison hives, overwhelm ulcers, and confusion chaos? You are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Thornock. Welcome to Becoming Home. What's up, homies? So glad that you are here. Today I have with me Brooke San. She is drop-dead gorgeous, but not only that, she is super smart. She's one of the most compassionate human beings I've ever met, and she's a relationship expert. It's such an honor to have you on the show today, Brooke. Thank you for being here. So excited to be here. Thanks, Carly. (laughs) So Brooke and I have been friends for, oh, I feel like it's like two years now. Yeah, just about, Mm -hmm. which feels so fun. We met while we were getting our coaching certifications together. Brooke lives in New York. I'm from Utah. And the first time we got on the phone in our like Zoom group call, I was like, that girl's awesome. I want to be her friend. We were lucky to have an amazing cohort with a lot of people that I feel like have become dear friends. And Brooke stands out. So Brooke, thanks for being in my life. So happy to know you in all the ways. I love it. Even though we're so far away. So fun. It's true. And for the homesteaders among us, Brooke has a beautiful property in upstate New York. You have chickens. I know for sure. What other animals do you have right now? We just have chickens. We've got more coming and we have beehives or beekeepers, but we have a, we have a baby cow coming hopefully soon. That's right. I'm so glad you're doing that. And every spring and fall, She'll send me pictures of her harvest and it's just beautiful. It's unreal. Like the greens that they have in upstate New York don't exist quite yet on the ranch in Delta, Utah. <laughs> but right. maybe one day I aspire to be be what Brooke is, is doing in her life. That's so fun. So today yeah. I've asked Brooke to be here to talk with us about compromising with our spouses, particularly in the home setting. So many times I hear from clients and moms who are saying, especially this phrase, it comes out all the time. If he doesn't, da, 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 then I can't, da, da, da. And really there's this compromise issue where like, if he doesn't help me do the dishes, if he doesn't help me with the housework, then I can't be my best self or have any sort of, I don't know, flexibility in my schedule. So what do you say to these moms who have, I have felt this, what do you say to all of us who, who are in this trap of thinking, if he doesn't show up like this, I can't be who I need to be. Powerless is the first thought that comes to my mind, right? We're left just hanging on, waiting for someone else to do something different so we can feel better or do something different, which just leaves us powerless and waiting, which the moms, I know that's not the kind of women we are, right? Like we want to be able to like just move forward with what we have and take care of our thoughts and our feelings for sure. So what do we do? What's the next step? Because it feels powerless. It's kind of funny. My my mom taught me this one and I don't really know how to, what to do with it yet. But she always said, if one partner feels strongly and the other one doesn't, then, then we just give in and vice versa. If the other partner feels strongly and you don't, then we just give in. But if you both feel strongly, that's when you compromise, which like, I think that's like a good rule of thumb, but there's so much deeper things in there, right? Like it's like, well, what are your values as an individual? What are your values as a couple? 
Like, are you honoring yourself and your spouse in this decision you're making? So for instance, let's take the example of a husband leaving socks or other articles of clothing on the floor in the bedroom. Oh my goodness. We asked our spouse to clean them up. <laughs> Hypothetically. Oh, I've heard this one so many times. It's so funny. Okay. So, what, have, what, have, what have you heard? What have your clients presented to you? You take it from here. Oh, it's just funny because I'm serious. Like this particular scenario comes up every time. And it's just that a lot of times, you know, my mamas make it mean that like the husband doesn't value them. They don't care about them. They're not listening to them. Like we are writing this whole story about like, they just don't care if they honored me, if they valued me, they've just clean up the socks. There's a whole nother world to it, right? The husband is not thinking that he's not thinking, I really don't care about my wife. Let me leave my socks on the floor just to prove to her. I don't care about her. That's just a reminder. That I made a bad choice in marrying her. (laughs) So this is where like the communication piece in my mind is so key, right? Like that's when like a woman really needs to check in with herself and say like, okay, well, what is my truth here? My truth is that it literally is causing me emotional pain when I see the socks on the floor because they haven't been cleaned up. And I think my husband doesn't care about me. Okay. Well, were you able, it amazes me how many women don't tell their spouse how they're feeling Mm. like that communication piece is just missing and so every time the socks are on the floor which is literally every single day it's like it gets it just escalates it just builds up and then there's no communication and then we just we distance ourselves even more so first step communicate and sometimes in the heat of the moment that comes out like when you're crying and it's made it to the point where you can no longer cope and bury your feelings and pretend like you're fine and you're mad and angry and crying and you come to your husband and you say you don't care about me pick up your dang socks if we were really a couple that was in a healthy relationship this wouldn't be a problem I wish you listened blah 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 like we can go off with a lot of judgment and hot emotion what are the alternatives to that because we've all explored that and that doesn't work that's not who we want to be it's not it doesn't produce the results that we're looking for so what would you say we could do instead or how, how to how to navigate? Well, I guess if we're taking the communication piece, like before that, it's like that communication with yourself, right? Like being really clear about what you need, like what is your truth in this instance? And being really clear, like the truth is I'm feeling, I'm feeling frustrated, right? I'm feeling annoyed. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling disappointed. Whatever your truth is, being really clear about that before you are in a reactive state, right? Because if we're frustrated, I always love this like idea, like when we're in high emotion, we're in low logic. But anytime you're frustrated, you're not in a space to be able to like be practical and problem solve and be able to collaborate with this partner that we love very much. You You can't make any changes. You're just frustrated. And so- Nothing, nothing good can come out of that. So we got to address so want, our frustration. Yeah. You want to be in a proactive state, right? You want to deal with like, okay, I'm feeling frustrated because there's socks on the floor. And I, and when I see socks on the floor, to me, that's a trigger. And it means like he doesn't care and he doesn't listen. So we take care of that first. So then we can be in a high logic, low emotion state. So then we can actually approach like, Hey honey, 
I, I, every time I see the sex on the floor, this is what's happening for me. Mm. And, then, and then you can actually collaborate and you can figure out, okay, well, how can we make this work for both of us where we're serving ourselves and we're serving our marriage? Okay. Tell me more about the difference between serving self and serving marriage. I kind of like to think of it as like, I'm really not good at graphs, but my husband's a science guy. And so if we're thinking of like a graph, like our arrow goes up, right? And our spouse's arrow goes to the side. And so like, as we serve ourselves, we're serving our spouse. I'm not doing a very good job. Mm, yeah, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we just have to be really clear about like, sometimes we give in. Like sometimes we're just like, you know, we give in to them all the time because we feel guilty or we feel bad or like, oh, I shouldn't nag or whatever it is. And so that isn't serving our spouse or serving ourselves. So we just have to be really clear about like the why, like the compelling reason behind the decisions we're making. Mm. So to me, a compelling reason feels like because I want to be somebody who experiences love. It's compelling to me to be in a loving marriage. But when I'm telling myself stories about socks all day long, that love seems kind of inaccessible. Are there other compelling reasons that you've come across or seen with your clients or that you've experienced yourself that maybe could work in a moment where we need to borrow a good why? <laughs> Ooh, that's a really great question. In coaching, we always talk about how love is the greatest emotion we can ever feel and experience. And it's as simple as that for me. It's like, I don't. I don't want to feel frustrated every day. I don't want to feel guilty or annoyed. Like I want to be able to access my capacity to love and I want to increase it. Like by that, by the time I die, I want to have like the largest tank of love. You know what I mean? That's a great way to think about that. Yeah. I want to increase my capacity to love. And so every time we have these experiences or conflict, let's say like, I love conflict because it's giving us an opportunity to expand our tank, like to, to understand it in a deeper way, to be able to access more love and overcome things. Like it's that like growth mindset where we're like, okay, this is a great opportunity for me to check in and be like, huh, this doesn't sit right for me. Doesn't sit right for my marriage. Like something's off here. Oh, I love how you said it doesn't sit right for me. And almost there was like a hidden therefore in my mind of like, just from what you were saying before, if it's not sitting right with me, it's clearly not going to be serving my marriage as I'm a really integral part of that. To have those two tied together, that was an interesting moment just now to be like, what? Oh yeah, serving me of course serves my marriage. Did you mean that therefore? Or was that something that I inserted in my own brain? (laughs) No, for sure. I think that's like the, oh, I don't know. Like us moms, we think that like we're being selfish if we're just thinking, if we're thinking about us. Yeah. Like the work I do with my clients, if we're talking about our marriage is like, we always do our work first. Like we deal with our crap. I will kindly call it. We deal with that (laughs) first. So then we can show up. Like, I just like my goal in my relationships is to show up as the most like powerful, passionate version of me. And the only way I can give that version of me to my spouse is to be able to do a little bit of work on myself Mm. because I love showing up for my partner. I do. Like when I really want to, I'm there. I'm in. And it's one of the most fantastic things. I would totally agree with you from my perspective too. To be the kind of wife I want to be, to be the kind of partner I want to be, that feels powerful. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's a great way to say it. Oh, can you tell more about how conflict opens you up to 
fill your love tank fuller? (laughs) I really do love conflict. It was really funny when my husband and I first got married because you know, we have different cultural experiences. We were brought up in different homes. So of course we deal with conflict differently. And he was what I would kindly refer to as a stonewaller. Like he was (laughs) like, there's conflict. Let's put up our brick wall and not talk about it and not address it and just ignore it. And I was like, like pulling the bricks down. I'm just like, no, I want to get to you. Like, let's talk about it. Let's explore it. Even let's fight. I was like, I, I, because in my mind, like every conflict that we have is an opportunity for us to explore parts of our marriage that have been untouched or parts of our relationship that we've never, we've never seen before. It's like we're venturing into a new space. And with that comes new discoveries, which is really fun. That appeals to the adventurer in me and makes me think because some of my conflicts in my marriage, and I hear a lot with my, my own clients is these conflicts are old yeah, old stories, but the reason they're old is because we don't explore them. It's like, we're bored of the freeway and we've passed all these cool ways to get off and roads to go down and they're uncomfortable, but we don't ever go down them to actually see what they hold. I feel like my life has been like, I've, I've just passed by so many things on the freeway. I'm excited. <laughs> Let's go find something to fight about. What an interesting way to view conflict. That's really cool. Oh, well, I love the way you described it too, because I never thought about it in that particular way. But yeah, sometimes we just, we don't go there, right? We don't explore yeah. it. And we're missing out. We're missing out. We're missing out. And I we don't hide the fact that I'm such like a yellow personality type. That's like, what's the adventure? What can we do? That's fun. Does that sound fun? That makes conflict sound fun, which is awesome. (laughs) Like I can do that. I can do that. And not even contention, but just like disagreements or something where we, our conditioning doesn't quite add up. So let's explore a different part about the house maybe. And you can, you can walk us through this one. So a lot of my clients who are building homes, they have a thousand decisions to make things as small as like, what's the detail work on our trim to what's the exterior facade going to be made out of. So when we have two different people who love each other, but who have different opinions about high priced, high stakes in our brains, items, conversations, how would you tell people to approach that in a way that they can come out the other side, liking each other better and not wanting to get a divorce? It's a really great question. Part of me wants to just jump into like, before you build the house, before you even make plans, I would assume you need to be really clear about like, what are your values as an individual? What are your values as uh, and values and goals as a couple? Like when you're building a home, you have to see the big, big picture before we know what color trim is going to be and what kind of things. Okay, so let's having- stop because okay. that's crazy. That is so different than what any designer does because they just jump in and they're like, well, what colors do you like? Show me your Pinterest pictures. So when you're saying, what are your values as a couple and as a family? Like what? Do you value fun? Do you value um, growth? Do you value love? Do you value connection? Do you value creativity? I mean, there's, I could make a whole list. Like you have to be really clear. Like what are your top values as a couple or as a family? And like a lot of times when you jump into the values, like sometimes the details don't seem to matter as much. I will, I'll stretch that idea a little bit, right? Like if you know you value, let's say creativity as a couple and you want to create spaces in your home where you're, you know, have 
art supplies for the kids and your husband can do his woodworking and stuff, then like, of course we would pick that trim. That just makes sense for that space. It just will. I think it just kind of aligns things where you're more together, like one, one as a front. And so you can just move forward with your big picture plans. Genius. I think this is exactly, exactly right. And when we come to our meetings with our designers or architects or builders, whatever, and they ask you, what do you value? What do you want? We start talking about stuff. We're like, well, we want it to look like a Cape Cod cottage, or he likes the idea of an Adobe something or other. How do we marry Cape Cod and Adobe? And all we're talking about are the things Mm. versus just what you said. I mean, it's everything to come to the table with this idea of together we value community space as a family so we can be brushing shoulders while we're doing our activities. We value low maintenance high quality. We vi- we value sustainability. We value faith. We value communication. While they might at first blush seem completely unrelated, the, the way you phrased it makes it seem so relevant because it is relevant of you show up to know what you want. And if you're, if you're building a house for, like you said, creativity, that's the lens that you put on and every decision makes it clearer. So Brooke, these, these clients here, these wonderful women in both of our circles and across the globe, they have husbands and they want to create a home and a life that feeds back into their marriage and back into themselves because clearly they're the same thing, right? When we're honoring ourselves, we're honoring our marriage. Is there anything you would recommend for them to think about when they're using their house as a prop to both support themselves and specifically in their marriage relationships? I keep coming back to these same ideas, just making sure like, okay, if we are using our home as this tool to be able to create a space for us to explore in our relationships and in our dynamics with our children as parents and as, you know, um, people in the community, like we have to be really clear about what we're using the space for, right? Like, just like, is this space designed to feed and fuel my family, my needs and my desires, my goals and my values as an individual, as a couple and as a family? Mm, big questions. I love it. I love it. And this I'm not sure if I know the answer, but those are the questions we can ask ourselves when we're really checking in, making sure that the house is serving its purpose as this space, as this environment to be able to create these opportunities. Create opportunities. Well, that's a cool way of phrasing it. Like that's what the house is for. It's the opportunities and the opportunity is your relationship. (laughs) That's what you're creating the opportunity to engage with the conflict. It's almost as if building the house or living in a house is the, is the, I don't know. I don't know, like some sort of catalyst to the conflict. You would never be able to explore the, the differences in viewpoints or lifestyle or preferences or characteristics if you never had the sock to disagree about in the first place, right? I really love that too. And like, is this something we would do in public also is a good question to ask. Oh, like some of my best opportunities to explore conflict are within the walls of my own home, right? It's when maybe the kids are in bed and my husband and I have time to chat about, you know, the the things that maybe there's a little friction on and like, okay, let's explore this. But if we didn't create this space for it, or if 
for example, the space is not serving us, right? Like mm. it's cluttered or there's too many un, undone, you know, projects that we can't focus on the relationship, then what is the purpose of the home? So much to think about. So good. Okay, Brooke. So final question here. What has been one of your favorite stories from your own life or from an experience with working with all the clients you have worked with of how compromise and how, how working together, um, figuring things out in a marriage, how that has produced amazing outcomes that were unexpected. My favorite idea, that's why I love relationships so much, is because we're taking two human beings who are so incredibly different, but there is something so compelling pulling them together. But anytime that we're able to work through conflict or or differences, even like they say, like differences are so attractive. Like we're drawn to our partner, we're drawn to something because it's unique, it's different. And so that draws us together because when we can come in from different places, we're creating something that's never existed in the world before, right? When you have a husband and a wife who are so different, but they're able to come together and create, you know, a compromise or collaborate together, they're creating something that's never existed. So to me, that's like, so compelling that draws me in so much and I think it's so powerful you've met my husband but we are so different for the for the listeners like my husband is this big burly I call him my hunky honey like he's just this big bear of a man and I'm you know a petite blonde you know but like we're so different he's very quiet he's gentle and I'm very robust and loud and passionate and like together we make something that is so unique to me it fits together beautiful like a puzzle but like to other people it might be like well that's an interesting pairing that's an interesting dynamic but the way that we just move through problems together the way we parent together it's just we're able to use you know his strengths my strengths and his weaknesses and my weaknesses and together we just make something that is incredible i hear you saying that the compromise is creation. It is. That's so cool because you're right. Component A plus component B is going to make component C, whatever it is you're creating or compromising about, but nobody else is going to compromise in the same way you do. Like there's no Brooke and Jeff in the world. There's no other marriage like yours. There's no other Chase and Carly. There's no other two people married to your spouse, the same way you are, you know, and the things that you create. And I'll say the home, the house, the very things that you live with, the clothes you choose, everything. This is all going to be unique to you. And that's cool. That's really fun. That's so cool. And it's great. I mean, I, to think about like the house, right? Like he loves fishing, right? So there's fishing poles on my wall. I would never normally pick fishing poles on my wall, but it works because of us, right? Because of this creation that we've created, this compromise we've created. Like, you know, he has pink things in his bedroom that he probably wouldn't normally have. Like all of this together, again, creates something. I do love the word create, creates this compromise that is just so unique. Awesome. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for being here. If you could tell the good people 
one thing to take home and put in their pocket to try out in the next 24 hours, what would it be? The first thing that comes to mind is to take a quick moment. If you need to lock yourself in the bathroom, do it. But just just figure out like if something feels off, give yourself an opportunity to listen to yourself like, huh, what's going on with me? That way you can bring that truth that's true to you and be able to communicate it to your partner. So then you guys can compromise, compromise in a really compelling way. Amazing. Find your truth, everyone. Take those cues and understand yourself a little better so you can understand how to create with your partner better too. First step. That's beautiful. Brooke, where can people go to find you? Um, so you can just find me on my website, brooksan.com. Um, I'm taking a little social media break, but I am on Facebook and Instagram, just Brooksan Coaching. Brooksan Coaching. I have been coached by Brooke many a time, and she's compelling and again, like compassionate and will tell you the truth. So it's way worth it. I highly, highly recommend if you're looking for a life coach or somebody to help you through this process of compromising with your spouse, look Brooke up. She's wonderful. Thanks again, Brooke. Everybody go make a huge mess and have so much fun doing it. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, if you're loving what you're hearing and you want to know more, I invite you to go over to carlythornoff.com and you can pick up a free guide. These are the three biggest mistakes that people make when setting up their houses. And I don't want you to make the same mistakes. And of course, in true Carly fashion, you know, it's going to be a lot less about the house and a lot more about your perspective about the house, but with some good housey tips thrown in, go over to carlythornoff.com and you can pick up that today.